Do you want to start a business to give your family more freedom? Do you desire to have a marriage that makes your friends jealous? Do you want to spend more quality time with your children? We are your hosts, Matt and Jocelyn Woodruff, and we cannot wait to share this journey with you. Welcome to our family-friendly podcast. Join our conversations where we talk about how to build a business that will give us the freedom we choose. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. There's something fascinating that you're talking about, and I would love to make sure and make sure that I'm hearing you right, make sure our listeners are hearing you right. You're talking about not giving your services away for free. You're talking about not, uh, you know, making sure you charge something that way. You're committed to doing something, but you've also talked about having a heart for service. One of the things that you talk about, I've been to your website, I've talked to you personally, is you talk about this mindset of starting a business to get rich mm. instead of being rich. So how do people, uh, how do they determine the outcome of their business? And what does that look like? Being rich versus get rich. Okay. So, so many people, so many people who want to leave a job that's unfulfilling want to start a business and they start a business because they want freedom. They want time freedom and they want financial freedom. That is a very natural a way for people to get started. However, at least my experience is that um, when, when you look at only your financial freedom <laughs> in terms of trying to meet your expenses and do something like that, and that becomes the focus of the business, it's really hard to attract the kinds of clients that you want. And so I'll just, I'll just speak from my own personal experience. I've started two businesses before. The first business I started, it was really born out of frustration that I, I was a problem I, I saw that needed to be solved and no one was solving it. And so that business was 100% focused on solving that problem. And I was so passionate about that and so persuasive about it that I really never even thought about my compensation. It just happened because I started attracting because I was so passionate about solving that problem and finding the people that could solve it and finding the people that needed it, that the compensation just took care of itself. The more you took care of clients, the bank account just takes care of itself. And then when I left that organization and wanted to start my second business, my focus was, okay, so how do I replace that income? That's, you know, that was kind of the focus. And I cobbled together lots of cool projects and lots of cool uh, things that were of value to people. But that second, the, the first business got to four and a half million dollars a year. The second business got to $200,000 a year. And it's like, well, I'm the same person. I'm, you know, I'm delivering comparable value. And why did one take off and why did the other one not? And I think fundamentally it came down to my intentions were completely different. Mm. That first was serving a problem, serving a big problem that, that could help a lot of people. And the second one was about, well, how am I going to make the income I need to leave my job? And that's just not very good. That's not a good motivation to leave business. It may be important to you, but it's not important to your clients. And it just shows up. I mean, it just people pick up on that energy when you are thinking about yourself versus when you're thinking about them. 
And, and, um, you know, we have lots of options with our money. We have lots of options with our time and money. And we tend to want to, we're gravitating to people who have a giving heart, a generous heart, a thankful and grateful heart, and people who are looking out for your best interest. And we do business with those folks. And they, they're the folks who really, I think, do well in this, in the economy that we're in today. Mm. Yeah. So what are the best ways to get those products out in front of the right customers? I like starting with people that already, we already have a relationship with, Mm. um, because the hardest thing, you know, yes, you can spend a lot of money on ads and you can try to build your mailing list from cold, you know, from zero relationships. But I think to me, I've seen very successful businesses that are referral only businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, and I think a lot of times we, especially in the beginning, we have so much we're trying to do and we have our resources are constrained. And so I think the best way to maximize those resources in the beginning is to work within the circles of influence that we have already. And so it may be that there are friends and neighbors that we can work with who, who, if they're not exactly our client, they may know other people who are our potential client. Um, for example, the beta group that I, that I offered this summer, I was surprised where the clients came from. Uh, some of them came from that outreach I talked about earlier where I did some market research. Uh, but the bulk of them came from circles of groups I was involved in online. Mm. And as I began to share the journey uh, that I was going through personally and um, the opportunity that I was seeing to help coaches break out of the mindset that they had to do one-to-one to be successful and they could do a one-to-many program as their very first offering, uh, I picked up people from uh, – mastermind group I was in, uh, three different online groups I was part of, uh, two, two people came from a keynote that I did earlier this summer. So I I was really surprised that they came from a variety of settings that I would not, if I had done my business plan, I probably wouldn't have thought about as the target markets, but organically they came from these different places where I was showing up on a regular basis and adding value to the group. Well, I absolutely love that. So we've kind of danced around. We've talked about how you, we need to change our mindset to service instead of sitting here and trying to get rich. We've talked a little bit about making sure you manage your time in such a way that we can give our business ample time. So what are some of the steps that we can take to create that successful business? Well, I think more than anything else, I think it's a spirit of perseverance and persistence because um, a lot of times in the beginning we are we're all about ready aim 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 <laughs> aim yep and and you know the thing is my experience has been and you probably have seen this with other things you guys have worked on in the past to change something in your life mm-hmm. yep it's hard to it's hard to steer a parked car. <laughs> sometimes, yep. sometimes you just have to take action. You just have to take that first step and try and see what happens. That's the fun part of being in business. 
you get to try it. And if it doesn't work, you get to change it. And you just, it, it's always an experiment. Uh, one of my mentors says you're either on the winning team or, or you're on the learning team. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of constantly being learners about trying things. And if it works great, and if it doesn't tweak it and keep going, uh, because with pricing, it's always, a, that's always part of the equation with the service. That's always part of the equation because the next client's going to be a little different from the first client. And I'd much rather people try things and it doesn't work because now you've been informed mm -hmm. as to what's working and what's not working versus being in your head and thinking you've got the answer. It's one reason I love the co-creation with others in terms of your first group program, because there were things in that group program I was intending to offer later in the course. And one of the things that people wanted to talk about very early was how am I going to price this? And what am I, and what am I going to price it? And what, how am I going to be confident about pricing it this way? I intended to have that much later in the course. And the fact that we were co-creating it, I brought it early into the program because if people couldn't really settle on that pricing thing, it undermined their confidence, undermined their whole going to talk to friends about what they wanted to offer, et cetera. We put that early on, a lot earlier in the program that I had intended when I did the roadmap, because we could just tell on the calls that people were really struggling with that concept. So I love that kind of experimentation. I think business is an experiment mm. fundamentally and let's have fun with it. You know, let's, let's, it, yes, it feels heavy. It can feel heavy and like do or die, but let's not go into it with that mindset, go into it with the playful, spirit of experimentation and trying to figure out what really serves our, the people we have a heart for. I love that. I, I really like that too. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here making notes and I'm like, that might be a good title for this episode. <laughs> 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 um, what is the biggest business strategy that has allowed you to be successful that most people seem to miss? Oh goodness. I can tell you what really hurt my second business. And it was really beyond the heart of service. So once you, so here's the three stages. If you're thinking about building, you guys are going to build a multi-million dollar business here. I can just see it in your eyes. I feel it in my bones. And you know what? And people kind of, some people kind of roll their eyes when you say that. Because I, I, I call my business future7figureceo.com. But I do that because I want you to have a big vision of the number of people you can really help. Okay. So that could be seven figures worth of people that can be seven figures worth of programs and services and handouts or podcast downloads, whatever you want to define it. But, um, I think it's really important that you understand that there are kind of phases to how you get to seven figures. And what happened to me in my second business was, so there's phase one is the season one is around alignment. Um, how do you align with your clients? How, how does your identity as being that guide, that Sherpa, that person that's a few steps ahead, how do you really build products and services that really connect with your clients? That's kind of the hardest part of, of launching. And that's phase one. And you can do that pretty much by yourself or with a friend, but then it gets to a place where you start getting really busy with serving these clients. And then that's, so you go from a alignment to B bottleneck. And there's a, there's a bottleneck stage where uh, the number of clients and the way you're serving them 
starts to exceed your own personal ability to do that. And this is where my second business kind of topped out was because I didn't really have processes in place. I didn't have repeatable process. Everything was custom built. Mm -hmm. And at some point you just, you just run out of brain power to keep up with all of those different ways of doing things. So this second phase is about documenting your processes because at some point you're going to want to bring people in to help you do things that you're not so good at. So you can stay focused on what you do really, really well. And then you get to that C level, which is about your culture and your team. And, uh, you know, because you're going to want to multiply your impact. And the only way for you to multiply your impact is to really focus on what you do the best, your unique ability, mm -hmm. and then hire other people who have unique abilities to compliment you on your team. And that can you get to a million dollars just doing a business by yourself? Possibly, but you will have no life. <laughs> uh, uh, and so you, you're going to want to, you know, there's lots of different ways teams can form today. They're not all employees. They can be contractors. They can be uh, alliances. There's lots of different ways to build out your team today. We've got the internet gives us that kind of flexibility. Mm -hmm. So don't be hung up on having a big office and having a big team, but alignment, busting the bottleneck and building your culture are the three stages that you have to consider. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the good news is, there are plenty of mentors out there who have done that and you just have to find one that you resonate with and they can help you anticipate the need for these things down the road. And, you know, it can feel a little overwhelming at the beginning to be thinking about a team and culture, but at some point you'll want to think about that. Who are the, who are the members that really compliment you and, and can support your vision that you're, you know, this big vision that you've got and you absolutely can be there. Um, people with less talent and less heart, do it all the time. You can do it too. Mm -hmm. I, re I really like what you said there. Um, you know, there's three phases. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's out there a lot. It seems like, you know, you got to build a team. You can't do this on your own. And I think a lot of us are like very resistant to that. Um, but we're, maybe we're not there yet anyway. We're still on phase one and that's okay. <laughs> well, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, well, uh, there's a lot of people who don't want to be in the management of other people. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's a great, by the way, there's a really great resource out there that I would recommend for this. Um, if you're the visionary leader who has the ideas, but doesn't have the stomach to build processes and, and manage teams, um, <laughs> there are, there are some great uh, resources and there's a book called rocket fuel that I love that really speaks to, if you look at the, the best businesses over the last century, um, they've been the pairing of a visionary with a process person. So think about uh, Walt Disney and his brother, Roy. Mm, okay. Think about uh, Steve Jobs and, uh, uh, and Wozniak at Apple. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that it's these pairings that really bring about some revolutionary businesses. And so, uh, the visionary leader needs somebody on their team who is the, the rock who can really, so uh, one way of thinking about it is uh, most strong businesses need three personalities. Somebody that makes it up. That's the visionary. Somebody that makes it real. They're the integrator. And then somebody who, who makes it repeat. Mm. And that's the optimization person. And so, 
Uh, right now, as the, as the beginning owner, you've got to have all three of those hats. But over time, you'll start to build out your team to cover some of the things that you're not. You usually gravitate to one of those three uh, functions naturally. And then you'll want other team members to complement you with the other pieces of that puzzle. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking about just our own little startup here. <laughs> and Matt and I have some of that, but we don't quite have everything covered in that. <laughs> so well, and it's, it's good. And it's something yeah. that you'll naturally gravitate to one of those roles. Just like we talked about the, the, you know, the shifting of time, you're going to energetically want to be in one of those camps more often than not as you build out the business. Yeah. Yeah. And so, those are very different personalities, by the way. They have very different um, right. requirements. Yes, yes. So I love that you brought up mentors. What is it that the average person who's getting up off the ground and they're starting their own business and they've got some great ideas, maybe they fall into one of these categories and they don't fall into everything. What is the best thing to look for when you're talking and looking at uh, getting a mentor? and maybe you're just starting, you don't have a ton of money, and you're wanting to find that right person to help mentor you. They've been there, they've done that, they've got the, the certificate to say that they've already done that. So what is it that we should be looking for as far as mentors? I think for me, I always look for people who are a little bit ahead of me, uh, who have life experience and perspective that I don't have, and they're gonna challenge me. And, and by the way, uh, I've worked with virtual mentors way before I hired real mentors, meaning that I listened to their podcast, I bought their books, I, I may have invested in their course. Uh, you know, there's a lot of virtual mentors that, you know, Dan Miller was a virtual mentor of mine five years before I started working with him. Um, you know, he was, I sent in a question to his podcast and he answered my question. It really helped me kind of through a rough spot of my career. And so I think with, with, the podcast today and online courses, you don't have to spend a ton of money to be have proximity to the people that you want to learn from and grow with. And so I think, number one, I think that's important. And then number two, when you start to uh, don't always, well, I hired, I'll tell you how I hired my coach over a year and a half ago. She was marketing, her marketing pitch was to women faith-centered women entrepreneurs. And I really resonated with her message because I wanted to blend faith and business together. But everything she did was so feminine in her, <laughs> you know, yep. colors. And even her opt-in was about, you know, women owners, here are some really cool steps for you. So I finally, I, I wrote her and I said, do you work with men? And she said, yeah, of course I work with men. And, uh, you know, but she was extremely focused on her marketing, but because you niche down doesn't mean you don't serve a broader audience. And mm -hmm. that's another thing to keep in mind. As you go to market, you want to be extremely clear on serving a very narrow market. You want to be known for something versus, uh, serving every, everybody. Yeah. And, um, and so she absolutely works with men and I, I had a continuous mentoring relationship with her for over 18 months now. Mm -hmm. uh, because we really resonated and, um, you know, we worked out, we worked out a really good set of agreements in terms of the milestones and the investments that we would make to kind of help me get ready. And so, um, I think a lot of it comes down to fit 
and proximity. And, you know, a good, a good mentor, a good coach like you guys will have multiple ways that people can work with you. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the premium offering that's going to give a lot of proximity to you and, and, you know, one-to-one time. You're going to have a middle offering that, you know, allows you to serve one-to-many in a more affordable way. And then you're going to have other offerings that are going to be relatively low cost, but relatively little of your personal time involved in it once you've built it out. And so you're going to have different ways for people to plug into your world. And um, that's called the Ascension model. And um, and that way people, because we don't know all the people that want to work with you are at different stages of their own business and their own career. And you're going to want to be able to cover have those people sample your work and do work with you in different ways. And over time they will move up that chain to have more proximity and more direct relationship with you over time. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for everything so far, Winston. Um, Do you have any favorite business resources, podcasts, books? You've already mentioned a couple of books in there, but (laughs) do you have any, any other ones you want to see? You know, I'm a just in time learner. So (laughs) Uh, most of, uh, you know, I, I do, I do love, uh, Dan Miller. I think he's just got a heart of service and he is, you know, he, he's been one of these guys who went from ashes to, you know, a very successful career. I mean, he's had his own, um, business challenges and then, you know, worked through those and come back and is stronger 20 years later than he was. Um, so I loved his, his, I identify with his story of, perseverance. Um, I love, I love his Eagles program that I think really helps a lot of people who are transitioning from a corporate role to, you know, considering a business. So I think he's a great resource for a lot of people in this space. Um, you know, I also, I'm a big fan of, you know, for these, these mid-sized businesses that are kind of going through that second stage. I love, uh, the strategic coach, that's Dan Sullivan um, out of Toronto. So when you're into the team building and process mapping pieces of growing your business, once you've, once you're established, I love the strategic coach. They've got a ton of podcasts, lots of different topics. Mm. So those two, I would, I would, I'd lift those two up as really good. And then, you know, I think it's important as you're building your business, there are lots of different pieces of building the business. So from copywriting to social media, to, legal agreements to those things. So I sought out all of those resources initially through podcasts. And then as I've gotten to know people and as I needed a specific thing, and then I've made a a targeted investment to buy a a group course or something like that, or a self-study course from them and uh, learned it before I hired it. I like that. That helps. Yeah, no, that's, that's very helpful. Yeah. I think podcasting is huge now. You know, you, don't know something you find a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, I love, and I love more than anything else, the mindset, uh, podcast, um, uh, you know, from a mindset perspective, I like, um, I like James Wedmore. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's very pragmatic in terms of growing online businesses. He's got a great system and, and he also speaks a lot about mindset and then probably the pure mindset guy I love is named Jim Fortin. Uh, Jim is, uh, he's a neuro linguistic programming guy. He, uh, he, he speaks a lot of the woo. Um, so he's, uh, he's, (laughs) 
I love Jim, but he's, you know, he really helps you break down those kind of limiting beliefs. So I, okay. I like his stuff too. I'm not familiar with him. I'm I was going to say definitely stuff that we're going to have to go <laughs> and check out. Some great resources. Well, so what are some ways that people can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Thanks. Well, I, as I said, my, my website is future seven figure CEO.com. That's the number seven or spell the word out. Either one works. Um, and there you'll have, I have a free ebook that will give you the contrast between that four and a half million dollar business and the $200,000 business with seven principles of distinction between those two different businesses. Lessons I wished I had done differently in the second business, especially. So I always find that, you know, rather than tell you the successes, I tell you more like what didn't work and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, hope, hope that will save you uh, a lot of trouble. Um, and then the other thing is I've just launched my own podcast called begin again with Winston Faircloth. And that, that podcast is all about the need for perseverance. Mm. Um, you know, we all think that our business is going to take off and go up and to the right, you know, <laughs> of that growth chart. And it's not been my experience in life or business that we haven't had those challenges. And so what do you do to persist through those challenges and you know and even if you don't get what you're hoping for what are the lessons that with hindsight you can see that really worked in your favor and so it uh, it blends business and faith and just my own personal experience and I'll be hosting a number of people on that podcast who have had their own unexpected begin again moments and what's happened in their life as a result of persisting through those uh periods of their life. So I'm super excited to share those stories with everyone. That I'm going to have to listen into that yeah. one. I hadn't heard about that until just today. So I, I'm a podcast junkie. I love them. <laughs> and they're a nice eight to 10 minutes. So you won't, uh, you won't be yeah. there forever. That's, that's great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Winston. We really appreciate it. And thank you everyone who is listening today and we will see you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Movement Podcast. I hope you had as much fun as we did. To hear our thoughts on the podcast and to continue this conversation, join our free Facebook group by searching for the Family Life Movement. See the show notes for links to our guest social media and websites and any resources that were mentioned will also be linked in the show notes. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review and send us a screenshot and we will send you a special access gift. Join us next time for more conversations, tips, and tricks on growing your business around your family. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.